who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Hi, I'm Madigan from Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, a podcast that explores the world through a personal, intersectional feminist perspective. Each Monday, I bring you a brand new full-length episode covering something from a wide variety of topics. And then every Friday, come meet up with me again for a mini What's in the News episode so you can stay up to date on everything that's going on in the world. Check out Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist wherever you get your podcasts. And Ray John. This episode of Beyond is brought to you by ForHims.com. F-O-R-H-I-M-S.com. Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. 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 I don't know why I did jazz hands. Yeah, I don't know. That was weird. Uh, welcome, everyone, to Podcast Beyond, episode 540. My name is Marty Sleeve. I'm joined by Brian Altano. Brat Brat. Jonathan Nordbush. Pardon. And a lot of beers. Uh, we have a really good show uh, planned for you today. This is the first week in a long time we're not talking about God of War. Uh, but luckily, we have a God of War spoiler cast with did, Corey. Yeah. I mean, I know good. that's what we all want to talk about. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll probably talk about it at some point. Uh, but I just wanted to give a heads up that we do have a God of War uh, spoiler cast with Corey. Every time that someone says God of War, I still think they're saying God, God of War, War like yeah. the Pokemon. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It yeah, gets that tough. A lot. God of War. Mess me up. Um, that'll be up later this week. American accent. Uh, yeah, a little bit. But today we are talking about Detroit Become Human. Uh, Alana got to play quite a bit of it uh, in France for the IGN first. So we'll talk about that. Valve acquired the uh, Firewatch developers Campo Santo. So we're going to talk about what that means for the future of In the Valley of Gods mm-hmm. as well as other Valve games. Uh, and then we got some news on the Final Fantasy VII remake as well as uh, spoilers of the next Bioshock game. Ooh. Yeah. It's, it's always weird that we're like like everyone is playing God of War right now and we're like, well, we, we did that. Yeah. And we'll, we'll come there back later. But yeah. 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 No, uh, that happening with Horizon Zero Dawn and people yep. in the office being like, I know you've all played it, but remember the world is now just playing it. And it's, I don't know, I think it's been really fun to play God of War and then have it come out and re-experience it with everyone. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, like getting all the tweets about it and being like, I just got to this part. It's like, yeah. it feels like it's a community totally. that's playing it now. It's, it's really awesome. It's so hard to have talked about it in these vague notions for two weeks, even with people in the office and be like, man, when you get to that part or mm-hmm. man, that character is very mm-hmm. cool. And now people, you can actually just say, this thing was awesome. Yeah, this but, thing pe- was but people do know who have played it that that's why we had to sort of walk on eggshells because yeah, like yeah. it is such a special experience getting to certain things for the first yep. time and we all got to get to it not knowing about it mm-hmm. so 
we want to make sure everyone else could too. Yeah, I saw this kicking around Twitter, but I'll, I guess I'll retweet it in person on this show. But, uh, <laughs> That's how that works. Don't, I'll echo the sentiment. Um, don't look up trophy lists mm-hmm. if you're like vaguely interested in the way that the sort of narrative unfolds in this game. I know like that part of your brain is sort of like, but I want to know about, know about the trophies. They're great. There's, they're there. Yeah. You'll find them. And um, if someone, you care about the story, don't look it up because it spoils a lot. Oh, absolutely. And as someone who has platinumed it, like it is an achievable platinum. So don't feel like you need to look it up in the middle of your adventure. Yeah. Like you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also saw a lot of people being like, you think I should get a PlayStation for this? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. 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 Totally. Based if, on my score. I would say, yeah, yeah maybe. Also, if you don't have one by now, like I, either you're you don't care. The or, list of reasons to get one, one is so long. You, yeah. There's yeah. so many reasons. I yeah. mean, I, I would have had I would have told you to buy one two months ago with Bloodborne being free. That's yeah. a good place to start. Or when three years ago out. when yeah. Bloodborne came out. Right, when yeah. it came out. Yeah. 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 Definitely so, get one. Yeah. God yeah. of War. Yeah. God of War is just another reason. Enjoy. We are at the top of the wave right now. Everyone loves the game. We are a few days away from, from the backlash. From the, the, backlash. Yep. Yeah. the inevitable think pieces about why it's hateful to animals and <laughs> it's just mean I in mean, general. I thought about writing something that was like everyone's talking about how amazing it is here's the stuff that i don't like about it and yeah. none of my complaints are very deep and i thought about doing that but it was like you know what i don't want to get that abuse i'm not going to write that because i don't I mean, want to like, get yelled talk, at. so what is one thing you guys without going to spoilers is there like something you kind of hate about the no game? actually when we were not to throw you under the bus jonathan we were having sure. a discussion we always have the discussion about and he threw me under a bus <laughs> an actual <laughs> literal bus uh, we were talking about like you know uh how a game gets a 10 here yeah. at IGN, and it's obviously it's, it's a big process um and for this game a bunch of people here had finished it and we all sort of like talked about what we liked and didn't like um and for me i was one of the few people on staff that was probably like i don't think it's a 10 i think it's very very high nine sure. yeah. um which again there's that's a fantastic How dare you score hate the yeah. it's yeah. amazing score but uh i did find it i found some pacing issues towards the end and i found like w- there was one sequence spe- uh, specifically which i felt like was a little repetitive and a little mm. sort of long in the tooth mm-hmm. um and then i felt like it got a little i, think I, I can almost guess what that is it's, yes uh because i i didn't feel like there were any of those issues but there's yep. one place that people have been talking about yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, zach and i were talking about the game on saturday and yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that yeah but yeah. um i mean i i adore it and, yeah you know it's, my complaints the level system uh i had so much xp and so little abilities that i actually cared about oh right um, some right. of the Abilities that you can unlock with things that I actively didn't want. Like mm-hmm. it would be like, do this and you push enemies further away. And I'm like, no, no, I want them to be closer to me because oh, right. it's hard. So yeah. that, that was my biggest thing is I had a lot of XP, not a lot of drive to keep uh, upgrading. But that ultimately doesn't matter because they could have just given me those abilities whenever they wanted and I would still enjoy the game. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's not a huge flaw, but it's a thing sure. that's like I didn't really care about this one. I definitely fell for my abilities pretty early. Like yeah. The ones I gravitated towards in the first couple hours are the ones I ended up using like late game. Yeah, yeah I think uh, – Going off of both what Alani said and Brian and Marty, every, what everyone said, uh, like the discussion over the 10 is there are, I had minor issues with oh, of the course, two, but yeah. it, and again, 10 is not, we talked about this on the live stream I did with it for a bit. It's not perfect. It's Nothing's not, perfect. It's a perfect game. It's for me, it was a masterpiece and we had those discussions and talking to people who did have larger issues with it than me is enlightening mm-hmm. and helping to narrow it down to that score. We like. did, we did a thing on up at noon recently. You can go check it's the newest episode. It was like, we wanted to turn it into like a breakout. It turned it out to be like a 25 minute piece. It was like, <laughs> half the episode but we talked about um the 10 games that ign has given a 10 to this generation and how well we think they're going to scale in like 20 30 years sort of piggybacking off of the top 100 games of all time list that ign 
just did. And I was seeing some comments from people being like, Mario, Super Mario World, like, you're only saying that because it's a classic, like The Last of Us is better. And I was sort of like, well, I'm going to push back against that because I think like a game like Super Mario World ages better or has aged better than, mm. say, The Last of Us. And it got me thinking about God of War, the most recent game we gave a 10, and how I really feel like it's going to be sort of like this generation's Resident Evil 4 in that mm-hmm. I will be able to play it 10 years mm-hmm. from now because I think that the I think that the gameplay in it is better than The Last of Us. I will say yeah, that. Like I, I think completely sh- agree I would with that. Okay, yeah, I, I, felt, I, I felt like <laughs> Well, because people dangerous. love The Last of Us no. and that is dangerous. Well, yeah, of course. I, I agree dismer- the dismer- gameplay dismer- is mm-hmm. more satisfying. Yeah. Yes. No, The Last of Us yeah. was yeah. one of my favorite games last generation. The gameplay here blew me away. Yeah, yeah, and I think when we look at how games age over time, it, the thing that makes you go back to them the most is gameplay. I think that <laughs> cinematics, uh, like it, that's important. That's a big aspect of it. I think that like when you talk about a game like Resident Evil 4, um, which I always do, <laughs> like, like <laughs> legally supposed to every every five minutes. Uh, the, that game has a lot of cutscenes. They're kind of hokey and kind of goofy. But w- what comes m- makes me come back to that game is how how satisfying it is to play. Mm-hmm. And I think God of War totally nails that. Yeah. Um, and so I think ten years from now we'll be playing it again. They'll remaster yeah. it, and we'll still be talking about it. So I think it yeah. will go down as a classic for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same as Breath of the Wild, though. I suppose like those are two games that like mm-hmm. games are going to have a hard time existing after these games and God of War especially because of the way the open world is very interconnected is a thing that a lot of games try to do but fail at yeah. and then yeah. everything that is there the, the space is physically there like yeah. everything yeah. you see on that map is there and loops back on itself and they had to design that and so many games try to do that and end up having to have cutscenes and, and it doesn't work yeah yeah and they did that really 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 well yeah I saw Miranda's tweet about Miranda Sanchez here at IGN about how that game sort of feels like Tomb Raider in that there's like small areas and the big areas you can explore but there's a narrative purpose behind everything you collect in that game yeah. and everything and you do almost every word that's said I mean yeah, yeah. yeah. So we weren't going to talk about God of War and also um, your your tweet Alana about how like you know kind of like watch out Red Dead like that's the other big one yeah. this year it would be I don't know. I, I'm, I have no doubt that Red Dead is going to be an incredible game I got so many angry responses to that <laughs> tweet um, it's going to be you know, it's a Rockstar game. It's going to be incredible, but it's the same as like Red Dead One wasn't Game of the Year. Mass Effect Two was, mm-hmm. and I feel like this is the Mass Effect Two, and that that was 2010, I think, which is yeah. like that's an insane year anyway. Whereas it's it's not. I, I would be surprised if any other game comes out this year that I like more than God of War because this is one of my favorite games of the past decade. Same, so it's yeah, like, same. how do you also, beat that? Yeah, we didn't give GTA Five Game of the Year. We gave Last of Us Game of the Year. Yeah, so it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I it's mean, tough competition. It's it's very GTA tough. Four got it either. It was, it was no. Yeah, I don't think so. Back in 2008. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, eventually, you know, Red Dead will sell fro- well, five sell times way copies and sure. make billions of dollars. But I think, like, the the perception is that um, I think, like, really heavily story-driven games kind of stick with people more. Not to say that Red Dead won't have that, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's also going to have, like, a big, robust online mode and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It'll People will come to it for different reasons, but I think people are all coming to God of War for the same stuff. Yeah, and um, I think GTA V is one of the best games ever made, but I yeah. don't have an emotional attachment to GTA V the way I do with Mass Effect 2. No, That's I didn't. That's kind of the difference. I didn't cry when I finished GTA 5. Right. You know? Yeah. Or at any point. Yeah. Really? No. Yeah. Great game. Uh, you didn't cry while playing tennis? Only the tennis. The, the, yeah. I did because yeah. I'm very bad at tennis. <laughs> just made you cry. Uh, like we said, we didn't talk about God of War. Yeah. Uh, not at all. Sorry about that. Just nine minutes. <laughs> Quick off the top. No. How you doing? Um, but yes, getting to our main topic, uh, a PlayStation game that's coming out in about a month is Detroit Become Human. That's coming out on uh, May 25th. Uh, Alana, you just streamed a bit of the game as well as you got to play a couple hours of the game and you did our IGN first. Yeah. So I uh, just streamed the demo, which is out tonight. So by yep. the time you hear the show, it'll be out. Um that is just the Connor demo, which we've already seen a million times. But even playing it just then with Max, the VOD will be up on YouTube. 
there were things that I hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. I've played it three times. I've now played it uh, seven times, and we still didn't unlock every possible ending in that oh, wow. thing. And that's what Detroit is, is just a series of choices. And I directly asked David Cage when I did the IGN first. I was like, gamers have been burnt on the idea that every choice matters, um, like Telltale Games. Gamers don't right. believe that sales pitch anymore. What do you have to reassure those people? And he was like, I can't say how anyone's going to react, but the script is 4,000 pages long, which is so much more than any screenplay. And he was like talking about it being a nightmare to QA test because how do you QA test? The problem is like, sure, you have a choice every scene, but you actually have 10 tiny choices which build into a bigger choice, which builds into a bigger choice. And say a character dies early on in the game, you won't see them later in the game when they would have appeared. And it's like, it's huge. It really is huge. Um, And I, I can't tell you that the ending's going to pan out, but when I asked the devs how many endings there were, none of them could answer me. What? Yeah, mm-hmm. not one. Every I'm single time I said, how many that. endings does this game have? And they're all in completely different interviews. It's not like this was rehearsed. They're all thinking. David Cage says, uh, I don't know, a lot. Uh, another one was like, that depends what you define as an ending. The interview cuts, and he goes, do you want me to actually find the number? I think it's floating around in an email somewhere, but I don't know what it is. Like, they don't know how big oh yeah. it is. <laughs> That's how big it is. And it, it, it really does feel that way. Every single thing that you do, there are scenes that you can completely skip that you won't even get a certain scene or even meet a certain character because you didn't make the choices that led that way. But at no point does it feel poorly paced. It always feels like – it never feels like you missed anything if you did. You wouldn't yeah. know until you saw the thing afterwards and then you're like, wait a minute, what did I miss? And it conveniently lets you just hit X to replay a scene. So you can replay okay. whatever you want. And the way that David Cage suggests playing through it and the way that I'm going to play through it and I imagine a lot of people will is just have one full playthrough – Finish it your way. Make all the choices you would make. I'm already struggling with the idea that I made a choice in my preview that I'm like, am I going to make the same one? Like, I don't know. Because <laughs> there's a character who died that I, like, felt really responsible about. But the conflict I've been having for the past month since I played it is, okay, but what if I save him and then he hates me because of what I had to do to save him? Mm. Which is worse, him dying or him hating me? He was like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just a lot and of pressure. Did you start from the beginning? Like, did you have all of start the context? Okay, so you had all the context people will have when they get to that point. The, I, I, ish. The, the start of the game is the corner demo. That's the beginning oh, of the game. Really? Oh, okay, interesting. Cool. Him yeah. sticking the coin in the elevator is yeah, the start. That's what we just so saw. when yeah. people play this tonight on PS4, this, they'll play the beginning of the game like anybody else would. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Cool. So the, the thing that's sort of like, kind of gray about the whole idea of choices is that um not you they're not always necessarily choices right like sometimes you hesitate in a cutscene and a character dies or gets hurt because that's the, that's the way heavy rain unfolded was like there was which had a quantifiable amount of endings 13 i believe was in yeah. 11 11 12 or 13 because um, i remember greg miller uh doing the guide for that game or doing a, a piece on all the yeah. endings and it was sort of like it's like, oh my god, you have a lot more patience than I do. <laughs> uh, but one of my favorite things about that game was talking to people like Greg and other people having those water cooler conversations about, you know, what we did and how we interacted with stuff. And a lot of people, uh, like who weren't that great at the game, I watched them play in front of me and like they're in a fight. The guy wins the fight that they're, they're fighting against and he runs off and he's just a goddamn threat later <laughs> in the game. And so that's not really a choice as much as it is like, oh, Thing I didn't happened. hit square. No, yeah. it's, it's like yeah. a consequence, but it doesn't have as much QTEs okay. as I think previous games have. That's good to hear. But I still think it's similar to that. Um, it is definitely like heavy rain in style and that's the thing is like, they have two modes for it as well as I'm sure my sister will play this game. She likes Heavy Rain. She played Heavy Rain. And this is, she's not a gamer, but she's totally going to play this game and like be able to like talk to me about, oh, wait, that happened for you? Like what happened with this part? But right. I think that the, the idea is that there are too many questions that you could never even 
understand someone else's playthrough really because there are too many questions you could ask about like what about this part what about this part it's just too big um and again they're like we haven't even known how to qa test this like we don't know how to do it because how do you follow the exact same path when there's a thousand choices right right i don't know that all of them are going to be impactful or anything but it is um really really impressive and uh another thing that i really like about it is they hired a dp so they had a director of photography who has only ever worked like in Hollywood on mm-hmm. films and TV shows and stuff like that. So each character, because there are three playable characters, are shot differently and light- lighted differently and they oh, have different cool. grain and different cameras. So Connor, who is basically a really high-tech android who acts as a detective, uh, he has like white and blue are his colors. Um, his camera is quite steady and just like follows him around environments, but it's also wide so you can see things because he's a detective. Uh, his soundtrack, e- each one of them has a different composer. That's really cool. His soundtrack's like really like tech heavy and, and kind of techno-y and sounds really cool. Um, and then you go to Kara, who the idea of her is that she's framed within frames within frames. So the camera is like oppressing her all the time. Mm. So she looks small and like is really boxed into environments. Kind of to like mimic what's happening to her in the story because she's probably like the most sympathetic character and is just trying to protect someone. That's her awesome. Her colors are yellow and green. She's got like a tight grain. And then Marcus's camera is supposed to be like a steady cam because he's the leader of this re- revolution. So his is like more shaky and kind of erratic and his colors are red and orange and yellow, which is supposed to be because of like the Olympic torch is what they wanted like it to like remind you that he is like this beacon of something mm-hmm. basically trying to accomplish something. So I think even that is like there's so much detail. They all have different composers. They all have been shot and lit and different cameras and it's it's just so much thought went into this one thing. I, I, I appreciated how sort of filmic that is because that yeah. was what was it not was traffic not the movie traffic was not the, yeah. Soderbergh movie? the one what am i talking about it's the, we're, it's they, the basically, movie traffic yeah every time they, <laughs> show, they went in different places in that movie they oh the drug trafficking movie weren't there two movies named traffic no there's traffic no. There's just traffic. There's just traffic. Yeah. Yeah. Am I thinking of the wrong movie? Are you like, thinking anyway. like City of God or something? Or? No, yeah. yeah. This, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of or, like this, um, a drug trafficking movie where every time they went to Mexico, it was like red and orange. Mm-hmm. And they went back to America and it was like, it was like dark blue and navy. Breaking and Bad like did a really good Breaking Bad yeah, yeah, does a really good yeah. job of the that. The color yeah. wheel of Breaking Bad is yeah. incredible, just yeah. like character by character. Yeah, by which character. Is, yeah. Um, yeah, which really is, similar. Yeah, it's such a subtle thing that you don't really pick up on it in video games a lot. I mean, yeah. everyone has different colors in video games. It's like red team versus blue team and stuff like that. But sure. this is like... It's there for a reason. Yeah. It's there to make you feel something without realizing you're feeling mm-hmm. something. Yeah, but yeah. it's also like Kara's lights. She has those, I think they call like Tungsten lights. So mm-hmm. they are yellowy, whereas like the lights in the places Kana goes to are a lot more so white. And like they just had to set everything really specifically to make these characters. So it's like, not even color-based. It's like literally how they're lit. Like you right. said, a DP. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, all of it. I, um, keep, I keep like sort of... I don't know, kind of tucking this game in my back pocket and just not really thinking too much about it and just keeping my hype levels sort of at a distance. And like, it's not perfect. Right. Right. Um, I, I think the tech is really impressive and there was a lot of effort put into making it feel the way that it does. And I'm very, very, very excited to play it. But, uh, there are still some things that I think are really silly. Like the one example I give is you go to a crime scene as Connor and, um, you're there with the detective who you, He's basically just like, tell me what happened. And so you walk around getting clues because Connor can like rebuild things. That's the way that his tech works. And then at the end, the detective you're with uh, basically like quizzes you and is like, all right, hotshot android because he hates androids because they all do. And he's a grizzly alcoholic detective because of course he is. And he gives you a quiz and you have to answer it. And there's like a slight delay. So it'll be like, he was attacked with the, and then you select it. And one of the things is he was stabbed with the, 
knife. And the detective is like, wow, you're pretty smart. But it's like he's clearly got 19 stab wounds and is lying right. next to a bloody knife. Yeah. And what else like, would he be Clearly he had been gun. stabbed. Why are you impressed? <laughs> so it's like this stuff like that that's just like, okay. It's like a little bit silly. I mean, I'd be, Im- I'd be impressed if it was a spoon. Like that takes yep. some work. Definitely wow, he was killed with a spoon. It yeah. was clearly there. It's like nothing that Connor does in that situation is particularly smart. But Is the, is the voice acting good? I like Connor's voice acting. Oh, good. Yeah. Cool. Oh, good. Because that, that was, I think that That was was a big worry from Heavy Rain. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I think Beyond Two Souls also, although they got some really high caliber people in that game. Um, but the sort of all over the place, like the children in in Heavy Rain were clearly French. Clearly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then like the one guy just said origami. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Origami Origami killer. killer. Yeah. No, I, I think the voice acting is pretty solid. Um, it also, like my biggest complaint, this is a thing that I think I've spoken about being worried about on the show before, is it, it doesn't control great. Mm, um, you fight with yeah. the controls a lot. And that's just like trying to bend down and like, oh, I guess you didn't angle the joystick perfectly or whatever. Or like swiping on something. The most annoying thing that every time that it happened, I screwed it up, was uh, moments where it tells you to lift the controls. So you physically have to move the DualShock up. Oh, down right. And every believe, time I'd be like, yeah. come on. I can't believe that's yeah. still, that stuff's still happening. Yeah, yeah that's odd. been pervasive for them. So, I, I mean, Heavy Rain. Ex- I would think PlayStation maybe asked them to do it. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Like no one else is using this the yeah. way that we hoped it would be used yeah. because it's annoying. Or this, they Heavy started they yeah. started developing yeah. this game back when this was still a thing. I mean, remember, yeah. like, nothing can be as bad as Beyond Two Souls, like controlling the ghost. Like yeah, that, that was, was I imagine. Heavy rain was bad too, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But didn't like, you have to walk with a trigger and then, uh, well, yeah, I feel yeah, like there were very yeah, hard, yeah, I think but you're right. extra steps you had yeah. to take. But heavy rain also did some pretty smart stuff with, um, sort of purposely making the controls obtuse. Yeah. Like when you get in a car accident in that game, yeah. having to sort of like struggle out of the seatbelt to reach the latch. They did all this stuff where you're like, yes. they made you hold the controller in a way I've never held a controller before because it was purposely supposed to feel awkward and so difficult. So that's the thing that they've done yeah. in this as well. We got a uh, exclusive gameplay clip actually that should be up on the site right now. Roll it. Uh, no, that's <laughs> all the scene <laughs> no, that's that. called Mass Grave. And basically, <laughs> The comedy. Try to avoid, try to avoid any spoilers. It's going to be hard to talk about it, but, uh, a character has basically like been torn apart and thrown into this android junkyard where all these androids are like decaying and like reaching out to you and like begging you not to let them die. And it's like, it's pretty brutal. But, um, you start there with your optics disabled and like one of your audio receptors disabled and whatever powers you disabled. So basically, as you're supposed to be feeling the struggle of the character, like climbing to like find a new leg to lip, rip off another Android to put on yourself. It makes you press buttons in the way that it feels like a struggle. And I think that's the thing that they do very smartly because um, yeah. it's not QTEs. So it's not like there's a timer. There is right. for some of the dialogue stuff, but this is just like a, like you have to press the right thing and do it at the right time. And they, I don't know. It feels like they pick the right part of the controller to make you press at a certain time to make you feel like you are going through the struggle. The character is going through. Like, mm. It makes sense there. Like put yourself in the role of this character. If you're in a car crash or in a mass grave, like that makes sense. But if I'm like bending down to pick up a glass no, of water, it's, like, it's just like it's awkwardly precise. <laughs> yeah. Is what it yeah. is. And like, yeah. I don't know. It feels like it's more precise than a fighting game. That's weird. And it's like, why, why do I have to do this multiple times? And I was yeah. worried about this before it came out. And then it, it really is like that. But I think it's excusable. And then I think this game is going to be fun enough to play through and to talk to everyone about that I'll like tolerate it. But it's certainly not perfect. And yeah. it's, it's just kind of weird to me that they haven't figured that out yet. Does this feel like it'll be fun in like group settings, like the way Until Dawn was? So I'm thinking about like organizing a Let's Play in this, for sure in the same way as Until Dawn. But, um, I was thinking about doing it with Max actually, where, one of us is trying to kill everyone and one of us is trying to keep everyone alive. 
So, like, yeah. <laughs> so he's trying to keep every character alive and I'm trying to kill every single one of them. Right. And we get to make every second choice. So yeah. we're just fighting with each other <laughs> constantly. So I, th- I think that that would be super I love the idea of like having to clean up other people's messes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so does it – like some of the themes at least like at a superficial level feel like they're similar to Westworld? Which I know a lot of people are watching. Season two just started. Um, yeah. I mean, clearly it does deal just with like sentience and AI and androids and everything. Mm. Um, do you get any similar vibes? Like, does does Kara seem like a Dolores to you? I guess without mm-hmm. going into spoilers to that show. Not really. I think that uh, Westworld is about that universe and the way that that universe functions, mm-hmm. whereas Detroit is about humanity. Um, and they try to make Detroit a game that's that they say like we try to make a sci-fi game that is not sci-fi that doesn't feel like sci-fi it just happens to be the world in the future it's very subtle mm-hmm. so it doesn't feel like it's you know Westworld and that it has this like full system and this full plot built around it it's just these androids going deviant is what they call it and just like screwing up and just wanting to be human and just that struggle of it's more about yeah human reflections and human values mm-hmm. it's way more of like a parallel for just like blatant racism than yeah. it is for the way that Westworld tackles it right um, so it's a little more blade runnery i guess yeah probably more blade runner than westworld i would say because um, like by 2049 they're you know they're basically treat replicants like yeah, yeah it's i can't say how well it deals with those themes because i don't know um mm-hmm. but it definitely is more about like them wanting to feel like human i, w- I would say it's yeah more blade runnery more like parallel for racism for sure cool and then does cool. it okay. <laughs> awesome no uh, i i love like dystopian sci-fi stuff like that so mm-hmm. that's like i don't know i'm i'm into that angle this if see if they handle it well yeah. to me like westworld's one of those shows where at this point like i don't know i i'm not rooting for anyone anymore yeah there's no every, there isn't a single likable character left everyone has is sort of morally ambiguous and you know it's sort of like who's the robot is it us like, yeah. shut up. I feel like the territory. Um, I still watch it. It's, yeah, it's a gorgeous, bleak sci-fi. That's yeah. how they even announced season two. That I don't think that show needed to season two because I think the first season is almost perfect. I element. totally agree. So I don't yep. even know if I want to watch it. But yep. Yeah, Detroit is definitely a human story where you're supposed to empathize with the androids. And one thing that I I have a theory on this, so it's not a spoiler because it's totally not confirmed. Um, so Connor, being the smart android, I think that he he can die multiple times in the game. But he always gets reset, so he's rebooted. I don't think the other two are because they deviate really early. Oh, so Connor f- is hunting deviant androids. I assume he ends up hunting Kara and Marcus, meaning that he hasn't deviated for quite a long time. But if he if he dies, he gets reset. If he lives in every circumstance, there's a thing on the screen that says like destabilizing or something along those lines. So I think that if you keep Connor alive and he hunts more and more androids and remembers every single one that he's hunted, that he is more likely to deviate Mm -hmm. that based on the amount of androids that he's had to kill or mess up, that it's slowly messing him up. It's getting to him. In theory, if he dies every time you're resetting him every time. So maybe he will never deviate. That's really interesting. Which means that even if you screw up and accidentally kill him, you change how quickly he sides with the other two characters. Oh, man. I, I don't know, but that's like kind of what I'm thinking, and I'm very intrigued by that. I feel like that whole stabilization mechanic just opens them up to so many more threads that for you yeah. have to plan for each scene, someone yeah. stabilizing or destabilizing with him, and yeah. what right. that means then for the future, if he does that for three scenes, yeah. which is not. My, my big worry is just that, obviously, they've put as much work as they can into the script, because so much of the game is the script, that it works, then it, it's successfully like enjoyable, even if you take one path versus another path like 
I wonder how you balance that to make sure if someone does every scene this way, it can be just as enjoyable as doing every scene the other way. So or there's mixing one scene yeah. where I yeah. took the simplest path yeah. uh, unknowingly. I just did the simplest thing. And yeah. it was, I guess, because I was trying to save someone. And I was just like, I'm going to do this because it seems obvious. But it meant that I didn't talk to anyone in the environment. I like very much hid from everything and like tried to like just do whatever was safe. So for me, uh, I would not have guessed that I had taken the simplest path if they didn't tell me. Okay. So I, I don't know how it does that so well because it, mm-hmm. it's still, you know, I see the branches afterwards and I'm like, whoa, I could have done so much more. And they're like, oh, yeah, you kind of wasted that scene. <laughs> like they didn't say that. <laughs> right. but it was like brought to me like, oh, you could have done so much more there. It sucks that you can't replay it because yeah. there's so many more options. But it never feels like at no point during that experience because the decision I had to make was still really hard because mm-hmm. it, it like, you know, I felt very immersed in what I had chosen it never felt like it, I was robbed. Um, so I, I, assuming that the weight of the choices is always equal, I don't think you'll ever feel that way. Mm-hmm. I can't say for a 12-hour yeah. game. Yeah. Right. But one thing is I know if you you accidentally kill characters earlier, the game will be shorter like by quite a bit. Yeah, so yeah. if everyone dies, then you won't necessarily make it as far. Got the, yeah. the platinum for this game is going to be how you speed, That's how you speedrun it? Yes. He, I think David Cage <laughs> said, like, and I don't remember this exactly, so I don't want to be quoted on it, but I think he said that uh, the platinum would take like 40 hours or so. Oh, okay. That's um, which isn't too bad. Yeah, yeah, but it might even be longer than that. I could I could look up, if people are very curious about it and let me know, I could look up the, the interview and like find the transcription 4, for it. It was just... It could oh, be yeah. more there than that. two zeros, right? I think the game is supposed to be like 12-ish, but it can be way longer or way shorter. Wow, I'm actually really surprised that it's that long. Yeah, I'm kind of. I was kind of hoping it was five, and that I could play through it three or four times. I mean, again, it sounds like twelve yeah. might just be an average. Well, and yeah. devs usually lie. <laughs> That's true. Usually, you just half whatever. They well, except we right. thought that was God of War's case, and it wasn't. It then wasn't it turned out to be. Yeah, I feel like they like lowballed it on God of War. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But I am really excited to play it and play yeah. it again and play yeah. it again. And, play and it. I think cool. it's it's it is coming out at a really good time um, yeah. because hey, it's far enough away from God of War to where I feel like most of us will be done with it by then. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to compete with that. Yeah. Uh, but also it's before E3. So, you know, this game that's been at several E3s and PAXs and PSXs, uh, we'll finally be able to get it into our hands, finish it before the show. And then that way that lets us go into E3 to Sony's conference, seeing mm-hmm. new stuff and not seeing the same so thing. It's again. just cool to have a thing that I think everyone can play and there's no part that's going to be too difficult for anyone. Yeah. You just make choices yeah. the whole time. I'm yeah. actually, it's, yeah. I'm super fascinated to see what Sony's E3 looks like without all of the big things that have been in the last three E3s. <laughs> Surely just we'll have more Spider-Man. Yes. yes. An Definitely. hour yes. of Spider-Man. I hope so. Maybe that's yeah. stranding unless they save it for the game once again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Days Gone. Yeah. Lost of Us Part Two. Ghost of Tsushima. Knack Three. Naturally. Yeah. Don't Knack Four. Don't say that. that. Everyone, Knack stop Knack it. Four. Don't immediately go to Knack, Knack Four either. Knack four on PSP. Yeah. What did you do? Knack, Knack Attack? Make, the party game. Yeah. Not gonna make Knack Everyone's Knack favorite either. Knack yeah. Racing. Knack, don't Knack, say Knack, Knack, Knack VR. VR. That's just your inside stomach. I hope Mark Zoni's not listening. <laughs> also, a fun fact about Detroit. Going his stomach. Mark Zoni played the game, and he's a really sweet man. And apparently, he made a comment that was like, "It's a shame about your depth of field in Knack." <laughs> no, in Detroit. Oh. And they were all crazy offended. They were like, what does he mean? Our depth of field isn't good. So they rebuilt everything. Oh. They just were like, all right, we're fixing it. Mox Sony said it was not great. Look, we're absolutely. I feel like that's like when, when Miyamoto walks in a room and he's like, oh, put Star Fox characters in your dinosaur game. Well. And like, oh, yeah. like, what do you mean he doesn't jump that well? Yeah. What if you shook he's everyone's hand in a hospital at the end of Goldeneye? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have to rebuild the game. 
I still want that scene. Yeah, I love the idea that like Mark Cerny came into like Bloodborne early on and was like, oh, this is a cute city. And Miyazaki's like, we can't make it cute. Rebuild it. We gotta rebuild the <laughs> art and make it messed up. Make everyone the horrible. The city looks really dry. Yeah. yeah. Like, make just everything make it look sloppy. wet. <laughs> the make it look a little moist. Yeah. Scott. I don't know. a lot of flaps. Gotta miss it. Man, I hope we get Bloodborne too. Yeah, me too. That'd be nice. I hope we get something like that. Attention Mail Beyond listeners, we have an important message from ForHims.com. 66% of men experience hair loss by age 35. By the time most folks notice, it's usually too late, so if you've noticed your hairline slowly receding or bald spots popping up, why not do something about it right now? Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. ForHims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness that connects you with real doctors for medical-grade solutions for problems that maybe you're too embarrassed about to handle in person. That means no waiting room, no doctor visits, no snake oil pills or supplements that they sell behind the counter at gas stations. These are prescription solutions backed by actual science. You just visit ForHims.com, answer a few questions, and a doctor will review and prescribe accordingly. Then products are shipped directly and discreetly to your door. While supplies last, Beyond listeners can get a trial month for just $5 when they head to forhimscom slash beyond. This would cost hundreds of dollars from a doctor or pharmacy, so 5 bucks for your first month is a steal. Again, that's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash beyond. Thanks. Now back to the show. Uh, well, you're in luck because there's something similar to that coming down the roads. Really? Nope, absolutely no, not. No, nope. this is a bad segue. This was not a good Whoa. segue. Uh, over the weekend, some very unexpected news uh, came from uh, the developers uh, at Campo Santo who did Firewatch and are now doing the Valley of Gods. Uh, they are officially employees of Valve. So uh, as of now, the the name Campo Santo doesn't really exist, it seems like. So all of them are moving up to uh, to Seattle, to Bellevue, uh, and they are going to continue work on In the Valley of Gods. Nothing will change in that. The team will stay together at Valve, but this will be a Valve-developed game and a Valve-published game. Um, and the interesting about th- thing about this is, like, A, I think that's only good for this game. Yes. Because, um, it sounds like, I mean, we've, we've interviewed Sean and Jake and people and will Chris. know what this game is now because of this announcement. Because yeah, of this announcement, totally. Yeah. And it sounds like, like, they wouldn't have made this move if they didn't have, if they didn't know that they were going to have the autonomy to continue to make the thing that was right. their vision, which, um, I guess if you don't know, uh, in the Valley Gods was revealed during the Game Awards and it's another first place puzzle narrative game, uh, where you're two documentarians in the early 1900s who go to Egypt to a lost uh, tomb or temple to try to make a documentary. I get the song from the trailer stuck in my It's so head. good. Me the too. drums really? and everything. Yeah. It's such a good trailer. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so the interesting thing about this is it's still set to be a 2019 game. You imagine it might be easier for them because, if anything, they'll have a ton of QA. Yeah behind their back so they can still work on the game proper and then they'll have valve qa um but my big question is what happens to them after this do you think they can even this doesn't make sense my question yeah. is why like yeah. i i think that that game is going to be really interesting mm-hmm. i like the team a lot um why did valve go for this if yeah. you look at portal team fortress left for dead if you look at those dota yeah dota why this game um why? that's i mean it's a really good question i think it's surprising to us because this uh, historically doesn't really happen in the medium of video games, but it's something we see a lot happen in music where like mm. a band will in the middle of a project switch record labels and then just have a new place to finish their album and put it out. Um, usually Valve, like never does this. No, it's, that's where it gets odd. Uh, but what's weird about this is that like these guys aren't they didn't finish their game and they're shopping it around for like a distributor. Mm. They're still working on it. And Valve was like, come work on it here. And if you want to use our VO booth, you can do that. And, like, <laughs> and we get, you get all these free Steam games and stuff like that. You know? 
so I they find did it for the Dota too. Yeah, yeah. I, I deal with that weird yeah. Valve culture where they like they don't have managers; they just have leaders that mm-hmm. are like chosen from yeah. the group. It's like it's weird. yeah, they don't have yeah. seats. They just have Holy weird thing. balls. They probably sit on. Yeah, they, they might have, have seats. They just them. roll around like Iggy Koopa all day. What's <laughs> <laughs> going It's uh yeah. I find I find that interesting, but I don't know. I mean, I think that like Valve is probably trying to diversify their portfolio and they are trying to kind of like put out this array of games that you know that to be known for making games again and the easiest way to do that is to get people who are making games already rather than start developing from the ground up um i just in my head this means that you know with the way that they acquired portal that which i don't remember the name of it Nebacular drop. Something. It's Kim Swiss game. Yeah. Uh, in the Valley of the Gods, must just have something incredible really that cool. we don't know about. Yep. It. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounded like had... the, the thing they were gunning for is that you film a documentary inside the game. Right. Yeah. And if Valve saw that and was like, "Hey, what if we help you turn that into a hook that's not just a cute thing like developing the photos in Firewatch, mm-hmm. but a like, oh my god, other games are looking at this like this is incredible. Yeah, like you've put Movie Maker inside of a video. Game. Well, I mean, I think this is a good studio there to latch onto right now. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like this. Yeah. They're also, I mean, we're forgetting they're they're making a Firewatch movie. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. that's it's just a it's a, it's a cool get. Yeah, for yeah. for everyone yeah. involved. They I may mean. Have- Valve's, I believe Valve's first game with these guys will be the Switch port of Fire. Yeah, is Valve's name going to be on that? Probably. I mean, at this point, I mean, have that weird man with the Valve. Is that going to be be how weird it be to load up Firewatch on Switch and see the Valve logo? I mean, all of that makes no sense (laughs) anyway, right? Like, it's it's all. I say it's a good get again. Is it even? Like, I don't understand what Valve's doing right now. They said that they miss making video games, that they're envious of how Nintendo's able to do it, and I get that. Um, and I totally think that this game is going to be cool, and it's a cool place to start. Mm-hmm. But Steam makes so much money. Is it worth it? Maybe they had a killer is it for Valve? Portal 3 pitch. I mean, maybe. I think I, I mean, Sean Gannaman in there with dude, the Portal 3 pitch. I don't I, think that's that I, no, insane. I, I wouldn't discount the idea that in after In the Valley of Gods, they go to a famous Valve property. Like I would, I, That's not out maybe. of the question. I think they me, had a but. killer quarter four, and they were like, we have a ton of money. Let's spend it. Like, that's let's, the thing yeah. is, the, the Valve... They don't have reasons to really make games anymore. Steam just no. prints money. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. for a couple of years, Netflix didn't have reasons to make shows, right? Like mm-hmm. they could just kind of sign deals with licensees and they could they bring in movie studios. Though. Like, sure, there's Origin. Yeah. But aside from mm-hmm. that, there isn't a ton of competition other than Steam. And if you're an indie yeah. dev, you're going to publish on Steam anyway. They would have published this game on Steam anyway. I mean, there's no competition on PC. I mean, except for like EA Origins or something, something like that. But yeah. on on consoles, on platforms, I mean, there's they all this money choice. there. They can't even exist. Then. Yeah, but yeah. they're not ma- like Valve isn't making any money off of console games. True, but mm-hmm. they will now. Yeah, you know. Well, and I don't know. Maybe see it as future proofing talent for the next twenty years. Is that uh, yeah. you know? They Sean, have a really good team. Sean Vanderman, yeah. Jake Rodkin, they uh, turned the ship around at Telltale. Like they were the leads behind Walking Dead season one. Yeah, which. One game of the year in a lot of places, and again put Telltale back on the map. Um, and then they left. And Firewatch was an incredible debut indie that mm-hmm. people loved. Had an amazing visual aesthetic with Ali Moss. Well. Sold well. Um, and so maybe they say see a similar thing in this. But honestly, maybe like maybe they did talk about like, would you guys want to lead up a Half Life game? Would you guys want to lead up like something in the Half Life universe? Like maybe stick to your what they want to do in terms of you know narrative based exploration adventure games. Firewatch two, never Firewatch three. Never, the yeah, that's the thing is you can never yeah. do that. But like maybe they're going to do something in the Portal universe that is a walking simulator. I don't know. Technically, Portal is a walking simulator. 
But it's also a, a, a vooping simulator. You do definitely do You do. Yeah, you do. That's the verb. Don't like you that. do lots of voops. I don't like that word. Well, either. voops no. when you go into the blue one is. You gotta stop saying that word. It's hoops when you come out the orange one. Is that true? Yeah. Is that what they call it? That's what Gabe said. All right. Um, so yeah, we know, yeah, we know that we have, uh, nope. two Valve games on the horizon with, uh, uh, in the Valley of Gods as well as Artifact. Yeah. Which is the Dota card game, which are two things that Miranda cares about. Yep. Maybe, yeah. maybe Gabe Newell just really wanted people to shut up saying that Valve doesn't make games anymore. I honestly think, no. <laughs> I, my, my guess here is like, I, I want to understand the business behind it. I want to sure. ask Gabe. Why? Like, from a business perspective, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, but I'm wondering if maybe it's just the dude's passionate and just wants to stop yeah. doing it again. Like, mm-hmm. maybe that's it. Maybe he's just like, I really appreciate this team of very talented people who made something that was both critically and commercially successful, and I, I want to walk around them. Yeah. yeah. It could be as simple I, as that. I also, sorry, I 100% believe there is a certain bit of it that is the passion, the legacy of yeah. looking at Valve, you know, years down the line. It doesn't hurt the companies who have also put out games that are beloved as well as just selling games. Also, I don't know. If I was ever filthy rich like that, I would totally want to throw money at things that I thought were cool. Yeah. And like, oh, creators he that hasn't I totally done for trust. A long, yeah. Ever really? Yeah. <laughs> like he's never really done that. Yeah, exactly. I guess Portal would yeah. count, but yeah. Yeah. And I think that the good news here is that this isn't. Like this isn't a hostile takeover or something like that. No. You know, yeah. this, it this sounded like they were them. like, yeah. and they didn't yeah. do this because they were like itching for money. Yeah, like you said, the movies in development. Yeah. Like, they I have a nice office. They have a very nice. Yeah. They had yeah. a nice office. Well, now yeah. they probably have a nicer they have office. A nicer office. Yeah. yeah, I mean, a development won't be affected in a negative way. I assume it can only be affected. In a well, except way. they're probably going to like have to take like a week or two off to yeah. move. Now they have just money printed for them. They're exactly. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's interesting. That valve actually has a mint underneath it. Mm, really? May as well. Not the mint, like the yeah. not like a sweet like, like a, a candy. It's also, candy. I, I imagine they're going to get really great front page promotion on Steam sure. when yeah. this yeah. rolls out. I yeah. Mean, that's that seems like yeah. So it could be similar to the Netflix thing where uh, I read recently that Netflix isn't particularly profitable at the moment mm-hmm. um yeah. that all of the money that they spend on new ip is to get more people in in the hopes that they will be profitable mm-hmm. but right now they aren't really and it could be the same thing as like obviously steam is hugely profitable <laughs> but it's the same thing where it's like well we want to make sure people stay on this platform have platform exclusivity like does that mean that the game is not coming to other platforms though does that mean it's pc exclusive i mean yeah. i hope not because not too. I, I think the game is still going to come out on other systems I, yeah. I said. yeah but who knows what their future games are yeah. going to be on yeah i i think it is there is a certain extent of what Netflix does in creating so much original content is also in the future when they lose licensing deals, mm-hmm. maybe they lose 50 movies, but they made another 50, another hundred. Right. That yeah. You yeah. Just say, well, we have the numbers. No, like like I said, yeah. like if, if they, if this was a hostile takeover situation and they're like, this is a Steam yeah. game only now and like yeah. the, I don't know, the good guy Gabe Newell meme goes away. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think that it sucks be- for everybody, especially this show that just spent 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll just be really cur- curious if this is an anomaly mm. or if they, do or if this is the start of something different. Yeah. If it's yeah. the can, start of something, it makes more sense. Yes. Right now, yeah. I'm like, yeah. No, as a solitary move, it is odd. Yeah. 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 But yeah. if like all of a sudden they announce like, oh, we bought the creators of Outlast and then we bought Fulbright, and you're like, yeah. oh, okay. We bought okay. Capybara. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Does that and mean Below's coming out? We're making games now? <laughs> Below is already out. You didn't know it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, Steam. Frog Fractions. Uh, speaking of games that uh, probably aren't going to be out for a while, uh, we got a small update for Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, I put this in here just because... Everyone cares about this, but this was very dumb. I care about this. Uh, good. Okay. Uh, so there was a job listing that went up. Uh, Gamatsu did the translation, but they were hiring a, uh, combat programmer or combat planner and a, uh, battle planner. I don't know what the difference between the two of those are. Oh, so that, that means it's so early on. It means it's so <laughs> early on. Uh, but the description said 1997 with dedicated fans, uh, and the like, even now 20 years after release, it's no exaggeration to say that Final Fantasy VII, which boasts over 11 million total shipments and download sales in the worldwide market is a masterpiece of a series beloved by fans all over the world. And now 
we have announced the release of Final Fantasy VII Remake due to the huge reaction. We are aiming for nothing less than a, quote, new creation, end quote, and not limited to a simple remake. Uh, it should be noted that this is an internal production. After 20 years, the staff behind the original Final Fantasy VII, who are top rankers in the industry even now, are reuniting. It's a project to create, quote, a title that surpasses the original, end quote, and is starting full scale. So any of the work done outside the studio doesn't exist anymore? <laughs> so that's the thing, is when this was originally revealed, which is some of the footage you're seeing now, uh, CyberConnect was working on it, who are known for making Naruto games, and uh, they worked on the, uh, 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 what's it, Wrath of Basura, or... What was it? Or Wrath of... Oh, Sura's Wrath. Wrath, Wrath of Basura's yeah. Wrath of the Garbage. Sura's <laughs> I was going to say, Basura's <laughs> Garbage. Did I just editorialize that? Before we get I into this... I I used to call that game Basura's Wrath. Can we just the talk about how they boast over 11 million total shipments, and that's like... 10% of what GTA 5 has shipped. GTA is at 90. You're yeah. like, oh, 11 million. Then I'm like, oh, wait, that's not even that much. And this is like, y- you would think it's one of the most popular games ever made. It's 20 years old. Not yeah. even that much. People that's were very crazy. mad when we put it at 99 on our top 100 list. Yeah. Um, it wasn't. But one, one thing, uh, yeah, by saying that it's a, uh, what was their words? A quote, new creation and not a simple remake. I think that was sort of obvious. Again, if you're watching the video right sure. now, the footage, this is a 20 year old game where the characters are weird, fat, chibi men and women uh, yeah. and when you go into battle they become a little bit more realistic so you would imagine this is going to look a lot more like Final Fantasy 15 clearly than like a traditional that footage movie. is also what three two and a half years old e- three yeah. years old at yeah. this yeah. point old, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then be- between then and now we found out the game is episodic then we stopped hearing about Surely that it's not episodic I hope who knows is it still? I who knows right? Final Fantasy 15 style um, it's, it's, it is weird that uh, I, I, unless a bunch of people just bounced that it's it's weird that they're doing they're hiring for battles I don't know now? battles yeah. like that's kind of a big deal. Do you think the game's gonna have combat? Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean that's that's like if in 2015 or 2016, like I don't know, God of War was like we're looking for an axe guy. If anyone knows anything <laughs> about axes, now's the time. This is your game. It's like you don't have the axe stuff down, man. Like it's gonna be paper. a problem. Pen- Pencils down, man. Like homeworks to do. Be like this week, uh, Insomniac's looking for someone to do the web swing. Yeah, man. Like, hey, we're really getting into webs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anybody ever been in New York? Yeah, yeah. Um, we gotta I don't know. build it. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not. I won't say I'm worried about this one. I'm. I'm I, oh, you are. This, this makes me excited about. It. Yeah, if they I'm, wait another four years and give me a Final Fantasy 15 style Final Fantasy 7 on board, sure. Yeah, I'm no, here. that sounds fantastic. Uh, and I think. If you look at the sales numbers on 15 and the way that rolled out, like that, it seemed like an insane business proposition to work on a game like that for 35 years and then put it out. But they've made their money back. Well, they've they also sprung out all these different sort of like still servicing. It's like it, that yeah. game's still like a game as By, game. it's on stuff iPhone. There's like that VR yeah. offshoot. There's all this stuff. Yeah, that came it's from like it. almost. For all intents and purposes, ultimately an episodic game, except that the first episode was front-loaded. Yeah. And then since then, we've gotten four different episodic things. We're getting a bunch of different sort of new endings, uh, the yeah, entire multiplayer mode. the concept of episodic if it's in one open world that I have from the start. I don't yeah. know how they do that in Final Fantasy VII, but legit, this, the a new creation rather than a remake and them hiring people to work on the mechanics of, of combat effectively makes me yeah. excited not worried that right. makes me like all right give me right. something completely different yeah. i love this story and i like the characters also, i didn't like playing the game that much so it's like if you give me all of the stuff that i liked in a bigger more grand package i'm on mm-hmm. board. Mm-hmm. also with them saying internal production if that's what the translation fully says like that shows that there's a level of care to it going in that i don't think like even if the third party studio is great 
it, there's still a disconnect there. Yeah. Whereas yeah. having right. original people who worked on it and having it be this thing within Square, I think, mm-hmm. makes yeah. it, thing, reassures me. The thing I'm curious about is, so we know Tabata, who directed Final Fantasy 15, is no longer working on Final Fantasy 15. He's on to his next project. And he was brought into that to sort of finish it. The game, after seven years after Versus 13, he came aboard and he shipped the game. <laughs> um, and so I'm curious if he gets put on this next. I thought it was said that he's not working on a Final Fantasy right now. Oh, I 100% think he's either working on this, the rumored Type 1, or just whatever Final Fantasy 16 is. Mm-hmm. Like, I think at this point, like, they're like, you were able to do the thing other people couldn't do. Right. Please do it again. Also, this one might also be a 10-year development cycle, because if they have that, you know, that's unheard of in the industry virtually. It's usually three-ish. Yeah. Like, it, And maybe they're like, well, it worked for 15, so why can't yeah. we do it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, that it worked. Do you guys think we'll see it this generation then? Like knowing how early on it is, is this something I, we see within I this generation? I hope gen? not. Yeah. Like I don't want it to be rushed. So thing. I guess the I question is, waiting. why did we see it already? Like why? why? So, for the same reason. By the way this sounds, it was that they intended to release it and then we're like, oh, people are way more excited than we thought and mm. then had to scale back. And we're like, mm. no, we, re- we really need to redo this. So it's like I think they readjusted plans based on the reception. I think they rescoped the entire project. Right. Yeah. 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 Like I think they probably looked at it and said like, well, I think like 15 came out and they're like, let's, let's go in that direction more rather than just a straight up remake. But I, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's weird because we see remakes happen all the time and remasters all the time right now. We, I mean, we got Shadow of the Colossus just recently. It's, it's, it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that had just enough added to it where it felt like, you know, you guys, you polished some of the stuff that was rough around the edges. You added some stuff that some people were 50 50 on, but mostly like that is, that is kind of just a remake. This is, this is a, effectively a brand new game built mm-hmm. from the ground up. Um, and to me, it seems like they showed their hand a little early on it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. which Square does. Yeah. Square did with Kingdom Hearts 3, with Versus 13. It's true. Um, yeah. That is so true. They have a history of that. Yeah. And it usually pays off for them. So, Yeah, it definitely did with Kingdom Hearts 3. People are <laughs> we'll find still out super soon. excited about Kingdom Hearts 3, though. Yeah. Yes, Not are. a lot of devs can get away with that, right? <laughs> You're people. on the wrong camera, Barrett. Person. Person. <laughs> Tim. I'm excited yes. about that game, yeah. and it's so like no, I, there's so many things that they release too early that you get drowned on. But KH3 yeah. is not that. Like, yeah. yeah. Still like Hell. well, and they they sort of limited the drip of information on that game at least early on. Like they had the premiere trailer and then kind of stopped for a bit, and only recently in the last like, year or two have they done a trailer at every big convention. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, to me, two games recently that have got it right in terms of when we show it and when it comes out were God of War, and then assuming it doesn't get delayed, Spider Man. Yeah, because those were both yeah. revealed last year, or I guess E3 2016, and then we saw bigger things at E3 2017, and both of them were out in 2018. It is so incredibly sort of relieving and and delightful to sit down and play a video game and say to yourself like, "Oh man, I don't know a lot about this." Bethesda's like, so good at that. Oh yeah, yeah. Bethesda's yeah. incredible. Which incredible. Is, it's it's so odd because we are in, and a lot of it is like where we, you know, just the, this medium. The world, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you already have your ear to the street more than most people who just go out and buy, walk into the store, and they're like, "What's good for the PlayStation?" And some guys like this trash, and it's going with some garbage. <laughs> Basura's wrath. Yeah, Basura's <laughs> wrath. Um, and so we're all, you know, we click on everything, we watch our video and all that kind of, we watch every E3 press conference, every consume it all. But I feel like something like God of war was kind of perfect because i knew a lot going in but i realized i didn't know anything until Mm -hmm. i I really started digging so uh i would say i'm one of the three biggest god of war fans in the office and interestingly enough all three of us which is also megan sullivan and mitchell saltzman they have similar initials uh (laughs) the same uh we were not excited about it the three of us were apprehensive about it because the game didn't show 
any of the things that I'm glad I hadn't seen right, now. But right. it was a weird marketing cycle. And then I was like, is this really a God of War game? Is the combat going to be satisfying? And they couldn't show off the cool stuff. And I yeah. get that now. But during that marketing cycle, I was unimpressed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then think- I like started hearing, like, you played it. And I was like, oh, this sounds incredible. And then yeah. I played it. And I was like, no, it's incredible. Yeah. And that, <laughs> that cycle, too, at least the time-wise of it, for me, feels sort of like the limit for what I would want of a game. Like that two-and-a-half-ish, two-year. I think Horizon Zero Dawn was a little too much marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that can definitely happen. I the You were saying sort of Bethesda. That they do the short tail so well too. They right. do. Hey, it's out in six months. Enjoy. I think Nintendo does a pretty good job as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think you you probably you get like what two E threes tops mm-hmm. before yeah. it starts getting to a point where it's like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that's something like Days Gone. Like I I think there's going to be a lot of delight and surprise in that game, but we've also been seeing it for a long time, and I have a sort of I have a very strong understanding of how that game will sort of roll out compared to something like God of War or Spider-Man, which I feel like we've seen almost nothing of, and I'm just as excited for them. So yeah. I, it's it's difficult because you have to drum up excitement and support, and at the same time, you less is more sometimes. Yeah. Think about so. how Red Dead did it. We've seen some screenshots. Right. Mm-hmm. Two, Two brief trailers. Chunks. Yep. That's it. Yeah. And everyone's like, game of the year already. Yep. Yeah. Going to outsell everything else ever. Yeah. I mean, even even GTA. I remember when GTA 5, I was working here during that rollout. <laughs> the helicopter? Yeah. Uh, Rockstar would <laughs> wake up one day and be like, here's one screenshot. And people would be like, oh, my God. And no one cares. You remember they changed their logo to red on Twitter? Yeah. And everyone was That's, like, oh, I think I think with those things, it's like we have – it's a known quantity, right? Like yeah. we, we know Rockstar. We know what they're capable of. With Red Dead, I have, I have this massive idea of what it's going to be like. Because I played Red Dead, yeah. I played GTA Five. I know, I know what that's going to look and feel like. I you had a said Gorillas game would yeah. be what they made. I wouldn't be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, the seriously. Or like, what is they got? Or like, you yeah. know, what what the new Spider-Man games like? Yeah. I mean, All even we can Insomniac, together. Like a great studio has made incredible stuff. Yes, I, if you were like, the, I, I guess no. The minute I heard they were making a Spider-Man game, I was mm-hmm. sold. To be yeah. fair, but yeah. there's yeah. also the weird way to sell a game of like that Stranding. Where we've seen three giant chunks of the last three years, and I'm still like, what? What are you? Just short. Yeah. What do I do with my? Just obscure short. What do you do with your hands in the game? Yeah, I don't know what my moment to moment is in Death Stranding, and that's like really interesting to me. I don't care if that game's bad as long as I keep getting short films. Me too. (laughs) The game could be bad, and be like, just keep churning these out. They're amazing. I mean, if if the game's bad but weird and interesting, then I think that's 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 why Deadly Premonition is my favorite video game. I was. I was talking to someone like a couple weeks ago and they were like, we were talking about Death Stranding and they were like, isn't like the, the, the baby, the health bar? And I was like, I'm pretty sure Brian said that on I said Beyond. That as a joke. Yeah. But that might be true. <laughs> the baby I said that as a joke. Oh, I said it as a joke like I a think year the baby ago. is Norman Reedus. Yeah. Norman Fetus. Yeah. Yeah. And he has to keep it alive to keep himself alive to like save some kind of time loop. That's baby's man, Norman Reedus. That's, that's not, that's so terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll yeah. see. What if your baby comes out and does this? A thumbs up? I found yeah. a photo of I'm me as a child proud father. doing that exact pose, actually. Yeah. You. Yeah. You are I'm Norman Fetus? So I, I have a big announcement to make. I am the fetus in Death Stranding. They did no, mocap for you. Yeah. I have a big announcement. I am the fetus. <laughs> <laughs> I am the one who fetuses. It's my sequel to the Beatles. I am the walrus. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, Sorry, I don't, know how you, I don't know how you get out of that. Uh, our last story of the day uh, in a Jason Schreier report that uh, there's been some drama at Hangar 13 on a Mafia 4 and another game that was in development and sort of just projects being canceled and people leaving, uh, there was a little bit uh, sort of embedded in the end of it that there is a secret studio up in Marin uh, that has very few people and no one really knows what's going on with it, but they're uh, codenamed Parkside and they're within 2K Marin and Hangar and uh, they are working on the next Bioshock game. 
on the quotes were, uh, quote, if anyone from Hangar 13 tried to strike up a conversation with those of us at the studio, they'd say, oh, we can't really talk about it. Uh, it was all very tight-lipped, and the issue is that they don't have a lot of people. Uh, they said that they are trying to be really smart about figuring out what this core thing is. Okay, so the Take-Two CEO, Strauss Selnick, has said before that he considers Bioshock to be like a, a core franchise that they mm-hmm. want to revisit. Even though it's pretty clear that it's not with Ken Levine, who's at Ghost Story Games working on their own narrative Lego, whatever that is, the thing that they've been talking about for a couple of years. Um, that's, I like narrative yeah, Lego. Those are, those are what Labo is, right? Yeah, much. basically. Yeah. Um, so if we are getting a new Bioshock from 2K Marin, is that something we want? Or is it something that we just don't want a new Bioshock? So everyone's going to yell at me today for everything I'm saying. That's why I put no for you. <laughs> no, I don't want it. Um, my stance on that is if Ken Levine is not making it, then I don't want it. But even with Bioshock Infinite, he didn't get to make the game that he wanted because 2K made him change the core concept. If you if you hear him talking about that game before it came out and then what came out, it's like, I just, I just don't trust this at all. Like, I love Bioshock a lot. That mm-hmm. first game is absolutely incredible and I understand what Infinite does well and, and how many games have been shaped by it. But I'm at a point where... I don't feel like I need any more if it's not under the right circumstances, and I don't think this is. It's also that Take-Two is has a stance where they will not chip a game without microtransactions at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to have microtransactions no matter what. And it's like I just I, – I, I'm worried it's a cash grab. Um, I would be completely for like a just very, very, very stark reimagining of what this series is entirely. Um, I think that it – it lost its way. Uh, I think it lost its way by the second one, honestly. Same. But that wasn't Ken either. No, no, no. But I mean, it's still, for all intents and purposes, anyone who went to a video game store and bought the game that said Bioshock 2 on it um, went home and played a game that was like mostly meandering and repetitive. Felt like a DLC. Yeah. And it, it had a lot of good stuff in it. And I finished that game and I actually I like enjoyed it. the ending a lot. Yeah, me too. I actually love the ending, um, especially the bad ending. Yeah. yeah, really cool. Um but I think that like the the idea that like it's it's a futuristic city gone awry where there are good guys and bad guys uh and some of them are robotic in some weird way. Mm-hmm. I think there's something cool to that. I mm-hmm. I think the like the buying drugs from the vending machine thing and fighting like Welcome 1950s bag. <laughs> so that's the thing is like when when this game first came out um there was nothing like it and mm-hmm. we've had what feels like 10 games since then that have kind of explored that same sort of fe- like not necessarily like narrative but that era yeah. in different ways where um i just feel like we've gone into that time period a lot and i would like to see this take a more sort of assassin's creed approach where you go, what is, you ask the questions like the way Ryan Johnson is asking questions about Star Wars, where he's like, what is Star Wars? I'm going to go write a new trilogy. You know, George Lucas isn't making it. J.J. Abrams isn't making it. What is this? And I know a lot of you are very angry that I said that man's <laughs> name right now. Uh, I'm sorry. Hey, I said I didn't want a Westworld season two or a new Bioshock. Well, what, you know, you, let's, well, you and guess. I can share the hate this, this week. <laughs> yeah. uh, Follow us on, on Twitter. <laughs> uh, so, no, I, I think if someone comes into this and goes, okay, the original people aren't working on this. Um, but conceptually, like, I love this idea. I, I think this is a great place to sort of develop, like, a, a fun video game where you have awesome powers and you fight horrifying For things sure. and it brings beauty and terror and fear all into one place. And it's uh, a good place gone awry. You take those themes, you bring in this, like, chilling music, you get the full orchestra and everything You're like absolutely that. right. You and make I a really think, good point. Yeah, I think Refreshing something the thing there. is a good yeah. concept. I, I'm, I think if I'm you make, worried. if you make yeah. Bioshock 4, like, you kind of suck because I think if you just go in and you're like, here's the sequel to two or three or here's the next step in those stories. And at this time it's in a forest mm. or, you know, yeah, I in have space. 
I have no doubt that like 2K could find the gameplay people to make a solid playing yeah. Bioshock shooter and with the plasmids and everything. My concern would be I, I'm sort of mixed of it because I love Bioshock so much and really do want more of that universe. But for me, what matters is telling that story of a city gone awry, whatever sort of generation they want to put it in. But also so much of it to me is like the nature of storytelling mm-hmm. is embedded in those games, whether mm-hmm. it's the twist in the first Bioshock or the end of Bioshock Infinite and things in to exactly like there's so much on the commentary of just telling stories and how that process. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a core thing to say as part of a Bioshock game. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know what there is to say for, well, I need to know what the person behind that is saying. Yeah. My, to, if that's interesting. My, my hope for a thing like this is that they're taking the approach that Capcom did with Resident Evil 7. Where it's That'd be like, great. throw the baby out with the bathwater and start right. new. And then, like you said, maybe go, like, what is the, what are the core tenets of Resident Evil? Right. I feel like those are there in Resident Evil 7, but it looks and yes. plays so different than what Resident Evil is. There are some things that I do want more of. Like, they can keep making Resident Evil games as, like, what Resident Evil is, but completely different in that way, mm-hmm. and I'm all for it. But, like, I didn't want Mass Effect Andromeda because yeah. I was like, I'm good on Mass Effect. Mm. Like, before that game even came out, I was like, I don't want this. And yeah. I, I, I don't know. Um, I guess it's always just a, Resident Evil doesn't feel like it has to be finished at any point. Mm-hmm. I guess Bioshock doesn't either, but point being is just that it gets to a point where I worry about it being a cash grab and then like retroactively hurting my impression of a sure. Yeah, so my and sure, yeah. Resident Evil wasn't as associated with Shinji Mikami as right. Bioshock is with Ken or like something like, I don't know how I'd feel if they were like, oh, a new team economy is making a new core Metal Gear game. I'd be like, Ooh, I don't want that. Nope. Only one person can that, do that. I, that, like, I think that's up. exactly how I would feel about it. It's like, no, yeah, give me another Metal Gear My game. thing with this is that, like, my favorite Bioshock thing is Minerva's Den. And that right. was who went on to become Fulbright Company. So, like, yeah. a non-Ken Levine-led team can make an incredible story in a city gone awry. We're also, I mean, yeah. we're talking about a lot of franchises that uh, had kind of gone south or have had stepped in the wrong direction fatigued us <laughs> stuff like mass effect resident evil um i, I would say even god of war right yeah. which is yeah. another one yeah with we, assassin's yeah. creed yeah. got to that point for me too where i Absolutely. was like stop making these please yeah. and then origins is incredible I, I would argue that like uh bioshock infinite or bioshock yeah bioshock infinite effectively brought the the franchise to a good place left on a high note i mean there's a the game has some issues, right? Like sure. Yeah. Digging through a lot of people love it. I way prefer the first, but a lot of people. Love of course. It and I yeah. Do. I'm. I'm totally with you. I actually like. I love, love, love the setting of Infinite. Yeah. I yeah, feel yeah. like, and I it's love. So I like. I think about the ending a lot. And all the um, yeah. Me too. Yeah. yeah. I think about the beginning and end of that game. Me too. Especially not the middle, sure. which I think is a product of the fraught development of it. Yes. Yeah. Having someone else, Rod Ferguson, had to come in yeah. and finish yeah. the game. There, it went on for years. Yeah. Like there were yeah. clearly problems that. And so I. And Ken didn't get to make the game that he really wanted to make. Seemingly. And so like the all parties involved in that are gone um with resident evil it was sort of just like you guys got to fix this like this, who is this for anymore yeah it was like half for people who wanted the original half for people who wanted resident evil 4 and half for people who wanted call of duty yeah. and i realize that's three halves but i didn't go to math <laughs> it's it's kind of if it's in reboot territory then I, I think you're right you like totally have effectively changed my mind during this conversation brian and that um if it's you know, if they had have said God of War 4 and it was going to take place in the same world, I would have been like, I don't think I need any more from that universe. Yes. But then making it God of War made it different. I feel mm-hmm. the same way about Dead Space. I don't mm-hmm. want a Dead Space 4, but yep. if you give me a new Dead Space, then it's different. So what? if they do give it a not a Bioshock 4, 3, 4, then I would be so like, like no, I don't, I don't want that. Reboot it, like have it. Separate from the law, like yeah. different universe. Then well, yeah. maybe and it's been long enough. It will have been even if this gets announced this year, it'll have been five years. We've all been probably won't. we've all been like gushing about God of War for a couple of weeks publicly on social media and stuff like that. And one of the biggest questions I get frequently, I'm sure you've all gotten it, is 
uh, I didn't play the first three. Do I have to? And I can triumphantly say, no, no. Yeah. jump into this one. Yeah. And I think that's a big deal. Um, it's kind of difficult, uh, especially with the, the way our medium pushes back, right? Video games kill you and they push you away and they stop you from playing them. And they're hard to, they're hard to get sometimes. Like it's hard to play mm. old video games on new platforms. It's nice when you can come into a story fresh and appreciate it. And if there's little tendrils there that reach back into the past, then cool. But um, I would love for a new generation to step in and experience what is Bioshock all over again. And I don't think I know what that looks like, yeah. but that's not my job to solve. <laughs> I'm just a dumb man that says I like things or don't like things. Yeah. Thumbs up, thumbs I'm, down. I guess I'm nervous about it, but I would say that it's probably healthy to be nervous about almost anything, especially a, lo- a beloved franchise like Bioshock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I my reaction to this one has also been so many people being like, oh, my God, did you hear there's a new Bioshock being made? I'm so excited. And I'm like, hold the phone. You yeah. d- don't be. Yeah. Then it's better. <laughs> if you're not excited, you're better off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's Cautious a good life optimism. Yeah. yeah. There it is. For your expectations. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you have it. We did a full episode. I'm proud of all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find us all uh, on Twitter. Brian is at Agent Bizzle. Uh, Jonathan is at Jam Dornbush. Uh, Alan is at Charles Anazard. And I am at Nick Biggity. Uh, you can find us all on various IGN shows, including uh, Unlocked, NBC, Up at Noon. Right? I think, yeah, I think yeah, those are the three of them. Yeah. Those are three. Fire Team Chat would, yeah. would never invite any of us, so that's fine. I love that game that yeah. they cover there. What is it? Roblox. Thank you all so much. Uh, this is Beyond Episode 540. Remember, at the end of this week, you can check out our spoiler cast with, uh, our God of War spoiler cast with Corey. Otherwise, we will see you all next week. Bye. Beyond. Oh. Nice. We that did it. Weird. That was wonderful. That was weird. Yeah. Sweet. In a world saturated with glossy facades comes a podcast that's breaking barriers. This is Reppin. It's where we do a deep dive into subjects like belonging, to mental health, to courage, and more. On Reppin, you'll meet the faces you think you know and discover their untold stories. It's real, it's intimate, and it gives you insight into the real person behind the images. In a world of pretense, Reppin strips it all down. No filters, no facades. Learn and be empowered and find inspiration through thought-provoking stories that resonate with your journey. Every episode is an exploration into the truths and values that make us who we are. Representation, it's not just about race or gender. It's about you. Reppin ensures that every voice is heard. Every story is valued. So be seen, be heard, and be represented. Listen to Reppin wherever you get your podcasts.